a customer declines your services. You want to send a declination letter letting them know exactly how crazy their decision really is. But is it enough if you only send a letter? Should it be a waiver? Does the customer have to sign it? What should you do? I know what you should do, and now you will too. Welcome to the next installment of the Technology Bradcast. Hey, it's Brad Gross coming at you with another Technology Bradcast. If you're a service provider and you want to learn some things, give me a few minutes. You're going to learn a lot. Okay, welcome to the latest Technology Bradcast. Today we're going to revisit a topic that we've talked about before, and that is declination letters. Why? Why? Why am I revisiting a topic? Didn't I cover this already? Look back to the broadcast back in September of 2020. We certainly did talk about declination letters. So why are we doing it again? Well, recent security-related events have dominated the news lately, and lots of MSPs have asked me whether a declination letter would really do enough to protect them in the event that one of their customers experienced a security breach after those after that customer declined a security solution from the MSP. And I've also been asked many times whether a declination letter should be in the form of a written waiver that customers have to sign if the customer declines a recommended service. I've gotten so many questions about this stuff. I think I need to give all of you some updated information. So let's get to it. Let's resolve the issue of declination letters once and for all, or you know, at least until the next spate of questions comes in, and maybe we'll do a part three. Who knows? We'll see. Let me begin with a quick overview of what a declination letter is and when you should be using it. And I'm going to do this with a hypothetical situation, but it's probably a situation that all of you encounter on a weekly basis. Let's say you're managing your customer's network and you realize a few things. First, you realize that Your customer is collecting and storing personal information from its own clients. And second, your customer is accessing that data from various mobile devices. And third, your customer has not implemented any sort of password or uh, multi-factor authentication solution on the mobile devices. So, what do you do? You approach your customer and you say, hey customer, I really think that you should hire us to implement a 2FA solution on your staff's mobile devices. Otherwise, your company is at significant risk of a data breach. Your customer says, no thanks, too cumbersome, too costly, too difficult. You know, the customer comes up with a, a whole bunch of reasons why a 2FA solution isn't needed. You might even hear the excuse of, isn't that why we have insurance? I mean, if something happens, we're covered. Are they covered? Maybe not, but that's a topic for another broadcast. Anyway, your customer's making a mistake. You know it. I know it. They don't know it. So what do you do? Well, if your service agreement is written correctly, and Lord, I I hope it is, then your agreement specifically says, if we don't agree in writing to provide you a service, then you don't get that service and we are not responsible for anything that could happen as a result of you not having that service. From a legal perspective, you see, it's a creature of contract. If you provide services only pursuant to a contract and you aren't contracted to perform a service, then you don't have to provide the service. This is why it's so important to do everything by a contract, so no customer could ever accuse you of agreeing to provide a service that you didn't expect to provide, 
and no customer could accuse you of holding some special fiduciary duty to the company when you didn't expect to be in that position. Okay, so your customer has declined the service that it really should have. What do you do? Although you might not have a legal requirement to provide that service, your customer might be under the mistaken impression that there's no vulnerability. Your customer might still think that the other services that you're providing adequately cover that customer's vulnerabilities or protect the customer's data in some other way. In other words, we're talking about a perception problem. We're talking about managing your customer's expectations. We are talking about establishing realities and divesting your customer of its false sense of security. And that, that's done with a declination letter. A declination letter is a letter that does two things. First, it alerts your customer that you have recommended a particular solution, okay, and you're going to list that solution in the letter. You're not going to just simply say, we recommend enhanced security. That's not managing expectations. Instead, you're going to say, we've recommended a 2FA solution for all mobile devices that connect to your managed network, including smartphones, notebook computers, tablets, and similar devices. You see, there should be no ambiguity. The customer should know just by reading your letter exactly what you told them to do. The next thing the letter should do is list the parade of horrible things that could occur as a result of the customer declining your service. Ideally, ideally, your description will make the customer immediately realize that he or she should have accepted your service, and it will make your customer come to the right decision because you're going to talk about the parade of horrible things that will happen, and your customer will say, wait, I don't want that to happen. Talk to me about that decline service. I might be interested. All right, let's take 2FA for a moment. Let's take that as an example. You could say to your customer, you don't want 2FA? Okay, no problem. But here's the thing. You have 30 mobile devices out there, any one of which, if exploited, could lead to having all of your customer's information leaked to the web. Also, it could be the path through which the entire network could be accessed and even crypto-locked which could cost you tens of thousands or more, tens of thousands of dollars to recover if you could recover your data at all. And in fact, once a device is compromised, a 2FA solution won't help you. I'm not sure if your insurance will cover the costs of investigating and recovery of, of, of uh, encrypted data or compromised data. You should check with your broker about that. But you should also consider the amount of your deductible when thinking about whether the cost of our solution is worth it to you. And one final note, the remediation of events that could happen from not having 2FA, well, that's not covered under your current service agreement. So if we could help you, and I'm not sure if we could, depends on what happens, that would be a billable event at our hourly rate. And then you end with, we will not be providing the 2FA solution unless we specifically agree to do so in writing. Then you see what happens. If your client still doesn't take the service, well, you know what? You've done what you can. You can't always save people from themselves. And at that point, you'll sleep well knowing you've done everything you could. You offered the service. You described the service. You've told them what could happen without the service. You've managed their expectations so that they wouldn't or shouldn't expect to be protected in some other way. And at that point, you've done your job. Or have you?
Let's go back to two of the original questions I posed at the beginning of this broadcast. Does your declination letter need to be a waiver? Also, does your client need to sign it? Let's talk about a waiver. A waiver is the act of waiving a claim or a right. It means that you are affirmatively declining something that you have a right to receive or something that you have a right to know or something in which you have a claim. A waiver is a legal document that acknowledges two things. First, the person signing it actually has a right to receive or know something. And second, the person is declining that right. Now think about what I told you earlier about MSAs. If they're written correctly, your MSA should say that a customer only receives what the parties agreed to in writing. If it's not in a statement of work or a similar document, then the customer does not get that service. Put simply, if it ain't in writing, your customer doesn't get it, they don't have a right to receive it, they have no right to claim the benefit of it. So, if your client has no rights to receive something that it didn't agree to, then why on earth would you ever even imply that your customer has certain rights by offering a waiver? I mean, by giving your customer a waiver, you might be saying, look, even though my company is under no obligation to provide a service to you, someone somewhere might think otherwise, and so I want, to, uh, I want you to waive some ambiguous set of rights that you might have. Why? Why would you ever give them a set of ambiguous rights? Why would you ever send off a signal that the customer might have a right to receive the benefit of a declined service? And just in case that happens, you're going to put the declination letter in the form of a waiver. Don't do it. Don't give your customers any more power, contractually explicit or implicit, than what's established under your MSA. Waivers are not necessary and could backfire on you. I suggest a clear declination letter, which is a form of notice. It's a one-way thing. It doesn't require a customer to waive anything. It actually doesn't require the customer to do anything at all, except realize the mistake it made by declining your service. Waivers, no thank you. Now, should you get your customers to sign your declination letter? If you want to. The problem Okay, the problem with having them sign it is that if your customer doesn't sign it, then your customer could later claim they didn't see the letter or you didn't give them the letter. So, if you want your customer to sign your letter, if that's what you really want to do, then make sure you have a place at the bottom of the letter where you can note whether the letter went unsigned and unacknowledged and keep that version where you keep your most sacred and important business records. You may need to produce that letter at some point, and if you can show that you specifically delivered the letter and it simply wasn't signed by your customer, well, you're far less vulnerable to a claim that the client never received the letter or that you didn't offer it to your customer. All right, so that's it for this week. Lots more coming up in the next few weeks, so if you haven't done so, please sign up to receive the Technology Broadcast as episodes are released. If you have questions, let me know info at bradleygross.com or call us at 954-217-6225. Thanks everyone, and I'll see you at the next Technology Broadcast.